Previously on Giga de Mimpaz. Live Journal was much more interconnected. Diaryland was kind of old web in that there were rings. This is like the younger people listening to this have no idea what I'm talking about. But there were like content rings. Um, so you could be part of like a fiction ring or, you know, a fantasy ring or whatever. And then you would just like oh, click right. next and go to the next blog on that topic ring like i, I mean was, back to that now yeah yeah, mean, yeah yeah like that that was a long time ago but like and you, you know, some rings were exclusive and you had to get permission to be on them it was a very strange time you know some people try to stick it out maybe five years maybe 10 but i think they draw i think i think you would drop out after maybe about five years i don't know but the long term you know i mean it doesn't make doesn't make me better doesn't make my comic better than them i'm just saying I really want to do this. I want to create my stories and I want to get them out there. Today on Geek Demon Powers. <laughs> you know, that's a perfect compliment. Like yeah. it's and it's consistent. Like when we when we go to a convention, I tell people, oh, okay, buy the first two. You're gonna want the first two chapters, and I'll see you tomorrow. And they're like, okay, whatever. And I always see them tomorrow, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's because they get addicted. They want to know more. And I think the genre of being a mystery and crime character driven and supernatural is like the right cocktail that people want more of mm -hmm. um, from our comic. So You are listening to Geekdom Empowers, the podcast about people empowered through their geekiness. Welcome back. My name is Guy Hasson and this is Geekdom Empowers. Geekdom Empowers is the podcast that creates a huge, giant, world-sized quilt or mosaic haven't decided on, you know, which one is best of the geeks around the world. Most of us geeks, fans, or creators don't get highlighted, and yet we are the geek world. We are the geekverse. Eventually, I want to cover as many types of artists and creators as there are, as many types of fans as there are, and as many countries and societies as exist. Obviously, that's too big a task for a single podcast run by one guy that publishes three times a week. My ideal is, by the way, not that it's ever going to happen, is that we're going to have multiple people uh, running Geekdom in Powers and for this to be a 24-7, uh, you know, thing. Uh, but no worries about that for now. Not going to happen. We're just going to build a little mosaic. With each podcast, I get closer to what I want. Today, we tackle webcomics for the first time. And as we'll discover, webcomics are not just webcomics. It's a whole world out there. And if you're not part of it, you don't know about it. Our guest today is Jay Fabore, indie comic book maker and co-creator with her husband of the comic book slash webcomic, The Pale. She tells an amazing tale of doing your own thing in your own terms and finding a way to make it work. So, let's listen. What is your origin story? Like, uh, how did you start? Well, my origin story, well, first, my name is Jay, uh, Jay Fabre, and um, I've been drawing ever since before kindergarten. So ever since I could 
pick up a pencil or a crayon. Mm -hmm. I've been drawing. And as I went through grade school, I was mimicking what I saw. Like I would draw cartoons and eventually I started making my own OCs or original characters. And I started um, drawing. Oh, um, I was either 10 or 12 when I started doing like my own thing. Um, And I was doing it. I didn't know it was comics, but it was like a description of what would happen. A lot of world building. And I would have like an image or a picture of the character. Mm -hmm. And when I graduated high school, I thought I wanted to do animation. So I went to school for that. But then I learned that um, I discovered comics and I realized with comics, I could use all of my skill sets. I could use my acting, art, composition, and um, write my own story. Mm -hmm. So since 2008, um, I discovered comics, fell in love with the medium. And around 2012, 2013 is when I really started focusing on The Pale, which is... um, a web comic that's now posting um, online, and yeah, that's kind of kind of my origin story. <laughs> so. That was very quick. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of artists, start out really young, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, you start drawing even before you land. You show like really into you. You can't stop drawing sometimes because it's the thing yeah. you do. Uh, in mm-hmm. any case, like writing, you just can't stop imagining stories and yeah. little dolls, and you play with them. Um, and, and can you talk a little bit about, uh, pale, about pale? pale. Sure. Um, the pale is a Southwestern mystery. Mm -hmm. So it takes place in the American Southwest, Arizona, in this border town next to the Navajo reservation. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it follows an FBI agent, um, who's investigating a case from his past and he's not doing it under the authority of the FBI. He's just kind of doing it like on the side. And um, he goes to this small town and the small town has a sheriff, a deputy, like a small department. And um, there's a lot of interpersonal drama. So if you like character driven shows like Fargo uh, True Detective, Twin Peaks. Um, it dives into the lives of these characters and how they interweave into the mystery. So um, there's a lot of secrets. Um, the sheriff is being blackmailed <laughs> by another, by um, the police department on the Navajo reservation. And there's um, ex-oil tycoons. There's... Um, secret love interests and there's murder uh there's a kid who's dealing with um a gang so it's really very very character driven but the mystery and the supernatural elements kind of ride alongside with it so it's a um i like to say it's twin peaks meets arizona so that's um that's kind of like the what people compare it to how many years have you been doing it um, I started working on it in 2013. My husband said he would help me write uh, the pale. Um, he he really liked the the main character who was a 
FBI agent, like I said before, but it was an FBI agent who had face blindness. And it's a real condition that's, that affects, I think, maybe 10% of the population where people cannot retain facial information. So if they meet you uh, 30 minutes ago, they may not recognize you now. So he thought that was a really great idea. And we started writing it in 2014, 2015. So 2015 is when we started posting it online as a webcomic. And so I think we've been doing it six, six, seven years, like consistently. So, yeah. What is it about the story that makes, you know, that makes you stick uh, with it for so long? Um, It's, it's the first story. Like I've had like other stories that I tried to get off the ground, but the characters in this one are just so appealing to me. And I realized that um, my influences from when I was a kid, um, I love FBI stuff. So I was really into the X-Files. I really like Sons of the Lambs. Um, I'm into true crime and mysteries. And when I started thinking of the world and world building of the pale, it, I realized I was playing to my interests. So I think sticking with this world and these characters is because this, this is what I want to see. This is the content that I grew up on and this is what I like to watch. So the characters are just so um, intriguing to me and I want to see where they go in the story. So it's, um, do you yeah, do I need to finish it. It's kind of a bit of both. <laughs> you know how like um, creators say like the character kind of dictates what to do next. So we like we thought of them, we gave them their backgrounds, but a lot of times they kind of take uh, take over and mm. they do something else, and uh, we really we work with it. <laughs> so it's so it's, it's a lot of give and take. It's really funny because they're they're not real, but they feel real, and a lot of people like our comic because they feel like characters you could have a beer with or something. So and and. I'm t- the thing I'm trying. I'm asking questions because I'm, I'm trying to talk about your project, but I'm also really trying to get uh, to to get like um, a feeling of who you are. Sure. So I'm doing it through uh, through the story. So, sure. how is it that um, that you're doing this through uh, on an independent uh, independently? Rather than, for example, say, hey, I want to work for uh, Marvel or for DC or for someone else. I, I like doing the story myself with my husband and because we have full control over it. Um, from like, we don't like rushing the story. We don't like rushing content to fit it into a nice, perfectly packaged 22 pages you know what some of what a lot of um mainstream comics do if 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 we need 28 pages we tell the story that way if we need 36 or 38 pages to to make that chapter feel succinct uh we like that we have that ability to do it going indie 
um, it would be great if a publisher picked us up because, you know, uh, the printing aspect of it is kind of hard, but um, we, we like that we're a, we have full control or the story, the page count, and um, we're, we don't feel rushed. So we're, we're, we're telling the story we want to tell. Okay. And what, how is it that you're able, like I talked to a few uh, comic book creators already. The thing you, that makes people survive uh, for a long time is their ability, well, uh, is the way they set the goals, their ability to withstand uh, pressures over a long period of time, you know? Mm -hmm. No one bought my comic book uh, this time. Not enough people bought it to cover, you know, the cost. Uh, and you mm -hmm. do it again, and you do it again, and you go to more people, and you go to more people for years. Mm -hmm. And some people yeah. look for, you know, I'm going to be discovered, and someone's going to buy the movie right, and I'm going to make millions, and I'm going to be the next whoever. And, uh, and as soon as mm -hmm. that doesn't happen, they quit. So what is it about yeah. you that you were able to, to last this long? Um, I think there's a, few, there's a few reasons. Besides liking and loving the world of The Pale, um, I think it's because we post it as a webcomic. Um, a lot of times I feel like creators go straight to print or they do digital sales of their completed uh, issue, but we, we built an audience over time because we post uh, a couple pages at a time, like, um, like two pages a week or one page a week. And we get, um, we get readers commenting on those pages, commenting about the story, hmm. commenting about um, what's going on or what this and that is. And I think that instant feedback that you get from web comics is one reason why um, we, we've stuck with it for so long, but then also we, um, at the end of the chapter, like we collect it and people like it. Like we, we sent it out to reviewers, like indie comic reviewers, they read it and they're like, wow, this is great. This is like a little hidden gem. So I think, um, I think the stick to of, doing a web comic and getting that instant gratification from readers helps, mm -hmm. but also we just love the story and our love, I think shows on the page and people uh, can sense that. So I think, you know, if you have a good story that grabs you, um, you'll, you'll have a, you'll have a fan, I think. So, yeah. So, so, I'm beginning to get a sense of why you like it so much and why you stick with it. Because if you fall in love with the world and you're inside the world, you can play around with that world endlessly or almost endlessly with the characters, with uh, the places and uh, well, with the world. Um, and how did you, like, let's, some of the people listening also want to be empowered and to find their own path. And how, can you walk us through the, the stages of creating the webcomic? Like when you began, how did you find your first uh, people who responded and the first uh, fans and so on? Sure. Um, so I was kind of a snob. 
when I first when I first started reading comics, I thought web comics were um, I hate saying this, but below me because because mm -hmm. anyone can post, anyone can post online. So there's no quality control. You have really awesome, amazing web comics, and then you have the, the amateurs. But um, I've learned that that's the beauty of web comics. Like you could start out uh, not knowing. Uh, how to draw, how to properly pace your story, but you could evolve. And I think the best way to make comics is uh, to learn how to do comics is to make it. And web comics is a great way to, to dip your toe in the water. And um, so when we started working on pages of the pale, um, I wanted to get the story out there like as soon as possible. And I found um, webcomic communities, like there's um, a mobile app, Tapas. Um, it was called Tapastic at the time. And there's web T-A-P-A-S, correct. Food. Oh. And yeah, like, yeah, just like the food because they're like little snack bits of comics. Okay. And, and uh, Webtoons is the largest uh, mobile um, uh, platform for comics right now. And I think DC actually started working with them. So they're doing like a Batman thing on Webtoons. Mm -hmm. But um, I found these comic communities like Smack Jeeves, Comic Fury, um, places like that, that have a community and have a leadership. So as soon as I found out where to host my webcomic, I would post pages a little at a time on a very set schedule every Tuesday. And eventually people started reading and subscribing to it and commenting. So building up the audience was very slow at first. And um, like I would tweet about it all the time, like check out my comic. And um, I would also advertise on Facebook, you know, like check out my comic. And like that's how the money advertise or just, you know, write about it on, on Facebook. Oh no, I just wrote about it. I'm poor. Right. <laughs> so I can't, I can't afford advertising, but mm -hmm. um, like I would reach out to other creators and I would use the hashtags, you know, web comics, indie comics, comics on Twitter and Instagram. And slowly people discovered it and they kind of, they stuck with it. And word of mouth is, great and once the reader sees it and they tell their friends it kind of like snowballs so it's um wait let's, let's go through that from having no followers or only yeah. just your friends uh, mm -hmm. whoever's coming uh so you do what you said how slowly is slowly like how slowly do you suddenly feel a shift that people start telling their friends or do you start like is it a uh, hundred followers after one year, a thousand, ten. Uh, oh man, it's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to gauge that. Like um, we have, I would say over all the platforms that we have, we have roughly a thousand followers, give or take. But um, a lot of people don't follow. They just kind of read it, like they have it bookmarked on their on their browser. So. We could have more followers than we know, but they, I, I can't see it, you know, with the analytics, but um, I, I think 
um, seeing how the Kickstarters, like we have a Kickstarter um, every now and then, and seeing the feedback that people give us. Oh, I heard about you through this person or this person, or I just discovered you. Um, I think, I think it, it depends on the type of story you have. Ours is very much a slow burn. And it's something that you have to read at least 10 pages to really get involved with the characters and the world. And um, some people don't have patience for that, but the ones who do stick with it, they, they're absolutely in love <laughs> with the characters so, and stories. On, so yeah. in, in a medium where people post one page at a time, Right? Mm -hmm. It's web comics, so it's usually really short, even half a page, mm -hmm. a few frames. You mm -hmm. went with a slow burn, right? Where people yeah. like yeah. MTV kind of, you know, editing. Yeah. And you went with something slow. Yeah. So you went against the flow. Yes, yes. And it, you it's, yeah. uh, some people, it's funny, like, I, I get messages from people like dropping the comic, right? This comic isn't going anywhere. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, if, if it's not um, your, it's not your cup of tea, there you go. Um, but a lot of people who stay with it um, really enjoy it and they're invested. And I think, I think our comic especially works well when you read it on a binge. So if you read, most of the time I hear when people start reading it, they can't stop. And that's like the perfect like compliment, like, um, <laughs> you know, that's the perfect compliment. Like yeah. it's, and it's consistent. Like when we, when we go to a convention, I tell people, oh, okay, buy the first two. You're gonna want the first two chapters. And I'll see you tomorrow. And they're like, okay, whatever. And I always see them tomorrow, <laughs> you know? And it's, it's because they get addicted. They want to know more. And I think the genre of being a mystery and crime, character-driven and supernatural is like the right cocktail that people want more of mm -hmm. um, from our comic. So, yeah. Interesting. I, I want to hear a little bit more, like, like I said, mapping out. Mm -hmm. the, the, the geek world mapping this the story no no i'm mapping out like every episode i take someone else and you know mapping mm -hmm. uh different types of, of of geekiness around the world with things we're not always aware of and mm -hmm. i would like to know more about uh the the environment of the the, the web comics uh like mm -hmm. uh there's a structure there. There's, I remember looking at web comics, maybe 2008, something like that. Yeah. There are already thousands of web comics around. Like yeah. There were sites that just listed everything they found. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it was already hard to, to get noticed. Yeah. If you do something. Yeah. So you said there's leadership. Uh, what are the people like? How are they different from actual comics? Like, what, what have you noticed about? Uh, the, the society of the uh, webcomics? Um, I know that webcomics um, have been around for a long time. And 
Um, you have things like gag comics, like Penny Arcade was a you know very popular comic in the early 2000s. It's still going right now. But um, I think um, with the landscape of web comics, the, what has changed was there used to be communities like uh, web rings. <laughs> if you remember web rings, yes. um, there used to be, yeah, that's kind of showing my age too. <laughs> but um, web rings are around two um, something like that, and doing the live journal. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, eventually, like, those turned into collectives. So you have like um, Hive Works, and Hive Works is very selective on what comics they they um, show on their website. So you have to apply, you have to be accepted and you have to follow their standards like two pages, three pages a week or something like that. So um, web comics evolved into, um, instead of individual web pages, it went to collectives, you know, like Hiveworks, uh, Spider Forest, that type of thing. And now, now because mobile is such a, new way to ingest <laughs> comics mm -hmm. you have webtoons so web like it's a weird shift that i've seen to uh the mobile way of reading comics and vertical scroll so that's a new new thing and um so it's I like think panel by panel by panel you scroll from panel to panel that is it's 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 like a consistent roll it's like literally a scroll and you're just reading down and um there's natural breaks that people that creators stop at but then there's also um a lot of really fun things you could do with that format like i was very much against it but now i'm i i like the challenge of converting my four print comic to vertical scroll because it's it's a different way of thinking about it and um it's it's also where the audience is so um if, if everyone thinks about doing um a comic and posting it online they really should consider doing it vertical scroll because that's how people are discovering comics right now so like webtoons so just just two things vertical scroll means you have the entire page and you scroll the page up or you have like one panel or two panels and then you scroll up? Um, oh, I think you could say it's like one panel at a time. Okay. So you scroll up one panel, one panel, one panel. Um, yeah, so it's very different than like, you know, sliding to see the new page. It's going that way. And um, it's very different. Um, I, I, I didn't like it at first. I was like, ah, whatever. And then... Um, yeah, it, it's good. Like some people would do really fun things with it and um, it's not going anywhere. It's going to stay. And um, like seeing what DC did like this past week, joining Webtoons is, um, is kind of like testament to that, to that um, format, how it's not going anywhere. I, I haven't heard the news. What did DC do? Oh, so DC... Um, decided to join up with Webtoon. And Webtoon, you could read it on your desktop or on your phone, but they, they're they using Webtoon as a way to um, kind of test the waters with new writers and new artists. 
with their characters. So they're taking like, I think Nightwing and like the Teen Titans or whatever. And they're, they're doing like a slice of life, Batman story, that type of thing. And um, they're doing, I think they're going to experiment a lot of, um, of their characters in the webtoon format and with, and I think they are also just experimenting with new writers and new artists and um, yes. And in different genres. So taking their established characters like Nightwing, the Teen Titans and putting them in a different uh, type of story. So, yeah. I also want to go back just a second because you said web rings and I remember the web rings basically (laughs) because like a guest from two weeks ago reminded me of web rings. Uh, and so oh. just, let's just explain for a second. It used to be like, imagine everyone has a blog, wherever someone mm-hmm. is, uh, mm-hmm. the comics. And then at the bottom, it says, this is part of the, say, web comics web ring. And yeah. then you move on to the, you can click on that and move on to the next member of that ring. Mm-hmm. To be accepted mm-hmm. to the ring or say you're part of the ring. And then you could just skip from one person to the next within that ring. Yeah. It brings you back. Turned in collective and so on. Okay. That sounds like, uh, uh, um, you know, it's a, what, you, what you talked about is something I haven't actually been uh, a part of or experienced. Mm. It is fascinating. I'm going to delve deep into that and also find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it is, and do you turn that? you know, the, the chapters you create into uh, print? Yes. I, um, after, before we post it online, the whole chapter is done. And I do that because I could say, you could read it one week at a time, or you could buy it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of like our model that we do. Um, you, could, you could pay $5, get the whole PDF, or you could wait <laughs> through the whole year. So that's kind of um, how we go about it. But every every chapter that posts online is completed and is available as a PDF before we, we post it. So let me see if I got this. So mm-hmm. you start posting the chapter when it's already done. So at any time, say I'm really yes. intrigued at page five, I can just buy mm-hmm. the whole thing because I'm intrigued and I, I have no patience to wait. And while you're posting yeah. this and getting results, you're working on the next chapter. So yes. it's so recent, yes. I see, I see. Mm-hmm. And, and that is called a buffer in the, in the web comic community. So when people say, oh, um, long buffer, they go 10 oh, pages or I'm two chapters ahead or three, three pages ahead. So um, buffer is a term I learned real quick <laughs> as soon as I started posting because um, when I started posting, I didn't have a lot of pages completed. So I found myself working really late at night to try to get it done to post it on the time I said I was going to post it. So if anyone's interested in doing that, I highly suggest getting at least 10 to 15 pages completed before you start posting online. Sure. You also, you might get sick, 
stuff could happen. Yeah. Your family could get yeah. sick. You can't complete it. You, you lost mm-hmm. electricity. Uh, yes. Corona happens, you know. Yes. <laughs> all of those excuses, not, not excuses, all of those things I've heard. <laughs> so that's why people like to make a buffer. Yeah. Okay. And how you found the Kickstarter experience? Um, Kickstarters, like I learned about Kickstarter around 2015. And I'm like, oh, wow, that looks like a great platform to um, get some prints and get people interested in uh, the comic. And um, we've run two successful Kickstarters in the past. Um, we had a, I think, um, a four-year break <laughs> because life happened and there was a lot of moving and uh, job switches, et cetera. But um, now we have a new campaign that's starting right now. It's a very short campaign, only 16 days. But um, I I find Kickstarter is a great platform to um, advertise your comic and story and to build your audience. So um, I think Kickstarter is great. And um, explain explain both of those. one would think oh, that, like one would think that Kickstarter is a thing, you know, to get money. But mm-hmm. you were saying, regardless of this, I can. Yeah. It's it, it's funny because um, different comic teams look at Kickstarter differently. Um, I I kind of have an advantage because I'm the artist, the writer, the letterer. Like I do everything, and I co-write with my husband. So a lot of a lot of teams that you see on Kickstarter, it's um, the writer, a, a different artist, a different letterer, a colorer. So they they try to raise money so they could pay all those people in mm-hmm. their team. Whereas it's just me and my husband, and we're, you know, <laughs> I'm like a one uh, uh, a studio all in myself. So we're able to raise the money that we want to print specifically. So this, um, we could ask for, you know, uh, 1200 to print or in this last Kickstarter, um, we're asking, we asked for $400 because um, for us, the main thing is getting the story out there Mm -hmm. and to build our audience and readership again, because it's, um, we've kind of been on a hiatus from Kickstarter for four years. So we wanted to um, build up each chapter to a trade. So I have like the first 200 pages done, but I'm remastering it. And we thought Kickstarter was a really good way to introduce the story to new people and to um, mm. get eyes on it. So. Well, that's, that's, it's an interesting approach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's different. So. And how do you, again, I'm stuck with uh, how do you get people to, how do you get pe- new people to see it? How do you get people to be interested in? Um, I, I definitely think advertising on Twitter is a great way to do it. Um, building a community of friends with other creators is awesome because most of the time, they're promoting their work and they will promote like other people's work that they like. So I think um, uh, getting out there and making, 
legitimate friends with other creators supporting their work. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll support your work if, uh, if they, um, they like it. Uh, make a quality product, I think, or a story, and you will get very sincere um, um, creators wanting to share the story. And I think um, having a very well laid out Kickstarter, almost like a press kit for a for a movie or a, a TV show. Like if you have a really good press kit that details and explains what your story is about, I think um, it, that will gain enough interest for people to like check out your Kickstarter. And when they look at ours in particular, I say, hey, you could read it right now if you want. Read it online for free. So it's like a try before you buy type of thing. And that, and that um, approach has worked uh, really well for us. Interesting. Uh, that's, that is interesting. And yeah. so, yeah, it is. So it also sounds that you sound very uh, sincere in your Kickstarter, well, also in person, but on the Kickstarter, uh, this is what we have. We're doing this for that. You can actually get it for free, uh, you know, and you, you also have a lot to show. Uh, so I'm guessing that mm-hmm. helps. Yeah, I, I want people, um, I think a lot of people are anxious about supporting indie creators because they're like, they're going to drop off the face of the planet or, or something. So with our Kickstarter and with our webcomic, um, I'm showing that, no, we're very committed. We're not going anywhere. Um, sometimes we have some speed bumps along the way. Life gets in the way. But um, we're still here. We're going to finish this story. Um, please come with us on our creative journey. So that's kind of um, uh, that's kind of like our approach. Like, you want the story. We want to tell it. Join us. <laughs> so it's, yeah. Cool. Nice. And when's the deadline for this? Like, I, I plan to get this episode out in two weeks, but I can get it faster. Um, faster. I, I, the deadline for the Kickstarter is on the 23rd uh, okay. this month. So it's, it's in 10 days. <laughs> I will try to get this episode. Much um, uh, okay. That, that's great. <laughs> um, okay. So is there... Like, do you have, I, I know you, you love playing with uh, the world, but do you have like mm-hmm. an overall plan for it? Do you have an ending to the story that you're planning? 20 Maybe. years from now, this is going to happen. And then, you know. Oh no, not 20 years. <laughs> um, I, I hope, uh, we hope to get it done faster, sooner, but um, we do have um, an idea of what the ending is. Um, it it kind of changes because the characters are, start doing things and we're like, oh, it would be cool if we do this or that. So um, we have a general idea. And I, I always think it's funny because, you know, it's a murder mystery. You should know how it ends, but it's a supernatural murder mystery. And so like anything can happen, but we, we know there's certain plot points we want to hit and um getting to those plot points is where the fun is so um 
yeah, it, it's kind of a hard uh, question to answer <laughs> for us. Yeah, I, there, there, are actually types, there are actually types of uh, two opposing types of uh, murder mystery writers. Okay. Most of them, like I'm talking about like the, the super popular ones, most of them plan it out ahead of time. You know, they know the bad guys and they're trying to make you look like this and then like this and then, you know. Yeah. But some of them keep all the options open and they don't know who it is. And then yeah. they try to make the story as interesting as possible until in the end they make it the, the thing they least expect, hopefully, which is mm -hmm. what we least expect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're kind of more leaning towards the the other one, the second one. Yeah, I yeah, I think there's there's two two types of ways, like you said, to go about story creation. One of them is I think the architect. So the architect needs to know how everything plays out. So his building, you know, is firm. And then there's I think the gardener, like the gardener plants the seeds and sees what grows. And I would say we're very much that. <laughs> like we- And then we cuts it like a bonsai. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I love yeah. that. The cutting bonsai thing. I'm gonna use that. <laughs> you <laughs> so, have, you know, beautiful shapes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You should you should trademark that because that's really good. I, I that's a good Start explanation. Start using it and I'll yeah. see it around and I know I did that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> very cool. Good. Um, good. Is there anything else you want uh, to cover? Do you want you want people to know? Um. Uh. No. <laughs> I think just um, if you're if you're thinking about uh, creating a story, a comic, uh, just do it. <laughs> you know that it's you'll find so much um gratification in it. And if you don't like what you're working on um stop and find something that you do love because mm -hmm. before the pale I was banging my head on the wall for three years on this comic idea and it just wasn't clicking with me and the minute I thought of um our FBI agent and the world like I haven't stopped so um find something you're passionate about and um yeah you you'll find it'll be very hard to stop <laughs> Thank you so much to Jay Fabre. Aren't they great? For more about Jay, uh, on Twitter, she's at Wootjay, W-O-O-T-J-A-Y. Instagram, J.Fabare, that's F-A-B-A-R-E-S. The Pale is thepalecomic.com, and Pale is spelled P-A-L-E, thepalecomic.com. Now... There's always a next time, right? This is all part of one big thing. I started this with previously on Gigdom Powers, quoting, by the way, Catherine Valenti and Javier Hernandez, who were both previously on uh, the podcast. Each talk, by the way, listen again at the beginning and you'll see why this, that, those things were relevant. Next time on Geekdom in Powers, we have a podcast so big it couldn't be contained. It's a double-sized podcast that will knock you in your gut. In your, It's going to hit you in your gut. So stick around for that. Geekdom in Powers releases three episodes a week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Today, email me for silly reasons or serious reasons or... Uh, 
alien reasons, or if you want to be guests, if you suggest guests, if your thing is, you know. So I'm at guy.hasson, that's G-U-Y dot H-A-S-S-O-N, as in nerd, at geekdomimpals.com. The website is geekdomimpals.com on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We're at geekdomimpals. And my name is Guy Hasson. And if you want to check out my other podcast, The Squash Buckler Diaries, uh, it is an experiment in epic fantasy. The Squash Buckler Diaries. I will see you next time. And for now, have an empowered day.